0: Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up?
1: so much, David. How are you? How's how's Lakeland treating you? I know you're in Lakeland for high school basketball state championships.
0: Yeah, I I got a couple days uh, back, um, so that was good. But yeah, I kind of like Lakeland. I feel like I've talked about that in years past. Underrated little uh, central Florida town. They got they got the magic there. They've got a uh, they got a lot of swans. It's like things that there's there's this like lake swans? in Lakeland. As you might guess, there are lakes in Lakeland. And there's this one lake that's just like infested with swans. And apparently, at some point, so they had swans like a long time ago. Like I don't know in like the early 1900s or whatever. I don't know how they originally got there. But at some point they all kind of died out and someone, this is, I don't know, like this, I don't know if this is urban legend, but there is like an article about this that I read, like on like the Lakeland historical website because someone told me this and I wanted to look it up. Someone wrote to the Queen of England and she sent two royal swans to Lakeland and all the swans in Lakeland are descendants of those two swans. Someone lied to you. There's a thing on the Lakeland Historical. I don't remember exactly where I saw it. Lakeland Swan. I'm going to pull it up.
1: No, I believe you. That's pretty interesting. I, for me, Lakeland is, I know we've talked about this too in past episodes. What, I don't know if you found that Cuban restaurant I was telling you about. Oh,
0: yeah. We gotta, you got to text me that at, when we get off air. All right. Well,
1: All right. Well, I'll do that.
0: Yeah, I got I to gotta check it out. Um, let's talk some heat. You want to talk about the heat? Yeah, we should. We probably should do that. Yeah. Um so, I guess where I'm kind of at on the heat, and before last night's game, I think we were going to probably come on and talk about, like, oh, they figured it out, basically, right? Like, last time we recorded, uh, it was kind of right after that West Coast trip. I think they played, what, the the Raptors game. Um, I think we recorded, actually, before the Raptors game, and then didn't feel like we needed to change things, because they won that Raptors game. So then obviously they just kind of kept winning at home until last night when Jimmy Butler doesn't play and and they lose to the Hawks. Um, So I'm kind of at a a point where even though they lost last night, it doesn't kind of change my big picture thoughts. Because this team, it's something we've kind of joked about on here, like Jimmy Butler is making an MVP case. Like he's not going to get votes probably. I mean, he'll probably get votes, I guess. He's not going to be like a serious contender but um, last night, I think, like, clarifies why this team was whatever they, I don't even remember what the, the they bottomed out at record-wise, but why they were what they were and why they are what they are now as we head into the All-Star break. And it's, it's really as simple as just Jimmy Butler.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at all the numbers. You don't even have to look just at last night. I mean, the 80 points, the – Probably the worst offensive performance, or one of the worst offensive performances this season, um, against really not a good Atlanta Hawks defense. Um, yeah. but you know, they're four and ten without Jimmy this season. Yep, yeah. they're 13 and eight with Jimmy. Um, and that includes some some games, and you know, at the start of the season where Jimmy probably wasn't himself yet with, because of the ankle injury. I know he went like 0 for six or something like that against Dallas early on in the year, and they lost that game, but they've been really good with Jimmy for the most part this year. And, I mean, look at the on-off numbers, which we I think we feel like we talk about weekly with him. You know, they're outscoring teams by 5 points per 100 possessions with Jimmy on the court. And they're being outscored by 6.9 points per 100 possessions when Jimmy's not on the court. That's like a 12-point difference. Um, that basically, you know, you take that number and they're basically the worst team in the NBA <laughs> when Jimmy's not playing. Um, which probably should not be the case based on the talent on this team. Um, but it's the truth of the matter at least so far this year so yeah I don't, I don't think jimmy's probably gonna win mvp just because he hasn't played enough games and you know there are bigger names out there and there are a lot of great players but if you just look at the numbers and that 12-point swing and the difference you know between him being on the court and him not being on the court he probably should be in some in the conversation at least uh for that award
0: yeah, I mean, you see a lot of you know, but you get to vote for five guys. So, like, I I think if you sampled like a hundred people right now, there would be some people that might have Jimmy Butler on the ballot. Do you get an MVP vote? Do Do you get to make a put Jimmy Butler on your ballot?
1: Um, last year I did. So
0: yeah, it rotates, right? Um, like, you get yeah, some,
1: yeah. I think I've gotten it a couple times in my four or five seasons covering the team. Um, we'll see this year if I do. Um but I, I yeah I I I mean again he's missed how many from like 14 games I think this year so that's going to play yeah. a factor obviously um but when he's been out there they've been I mean been,
0: even his counting stats are crazy right Yeah right like, his efficiency hasn't been pretty, like in the efficiency but the fact that he's averaging 7.8 rebounds and 7.8 assists per game right like, and just the free LeBron and assists right
1: now. Yeah, yeah, playmaking and just getting to the free throw line. Like he, his ability to get to the free throw line, um, and you know he did this last year too, but he's doing it again this year. It it really changes his offense. Like he controls the pay, he controls the game basically when he's out there. Um, able to get to the line pretty much whenever he wants to, um, and get the heat some relief points and. You know, that allows the Heat to set their defense as well on the other end. Like, it, Duncan said last night, like, the thing they missed with Jimmy offensively is, A, his ability to get into the paint attack and bend defenses, but B, his ability to get to the free-throw line because that really controls the pace and tone of the game. So, right, yeah, this is, this is a totally different team without Jimmy. You know, we can get, and I'm sure we'll talk about Bam and, you know, what he did last night it, you know, wasn't a great performance by him, um, and he... he, he Took, he took ownership of it. He said he needed to do more. I think he took, like, seven shots or something like that, which is just not enough. Um, he took he, he took eight shots. It's not enough when Jimmy's not yeah. playing. I think he had two rebounds and three assists. You know, we could discuss that. But, but really, I, I think the thing we've learned so far over the first few months of the season, Jimmy is still the best player on this roster. I don't know if it's even that close.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was kind of something that um, really, I, actually, I would say kind of all through last year we – I don't know if I would say we went back and forth, but we we were open to the idea that Bam was the best guy all throughout last year, the regular season, I would say. And then I, I think by playoff time, obviously, like um, you know, Jimmy was you know, they were they were so balanced in the early rounds, uh, but Jimmy still kinda had those peak performances, um, you know, against the Bucks. And then obviously in the finals, just the fact they won two games with, with Jimmy, like no disrespect to Bam, but that team does not Take the Lakers to six games if Jimmy gets hurt instead of Bam, um, and you know you. I, I always think of guys who are, um, you know, like I remember when like the Kyrie Irving versus Damian Lillard versus John Wall versus Isaiah Thomas, like when that was kind of a whole big debate, um, and you would think of the guys that like kind of raise your ceiling in the in the playoffs, and Kyrie obviously is probably the. the Top guy for that because, you know, he could score 45 on any given night and hit a game-winning shot in the finals. But, like, was a guy like John Wall more valuable in the regular season just because of, like, you know, his his game-to-game production, the way he manages an offense, um, the way he defended at his peak? I, I kind of always felt that way about Bam. Like, is he going to raise your ceiling when it comes to playoff team? Um, you know, or when it comes to playoff time? Certainly, but is he, like not to the same degree as, like, true superstars, but I always figured he was the guy that, like, would kind of steer you through rough patches in the regular season. He, you know, just hasn't done that necessarily this year. Um So seeing Jimmy not only be the, the top guy, the, the peak performance guy, the guy who brings it and elevates your championship playoff ceiling, but also the guy who, as you said, the record speaks for itself, is something that I think it was kind of like, um, I don't know. A little fair to wonder about who the, the most important guy was in the regular season. And obviously, there's no question about it now.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's you know it's worth noting, not to not to just diminish what we just spoke about for the last five minutes. But you know when Jimmy has been on the court, um, Bam has been on the court pretty much because Bam really hasn't missed many games. True. So he's had that luxury. Bam, you know, Bam's on off num- on off numbers are kind of hurt a little bit because of the fact that he's been on the court. So much alone, you know, without Jimmy. Right. So, you know, you'd, you'd have to imagine that Bam's on-off numbers would be better if Jimmy was healthy, for, um, you know, for most of the season as well. So that's something to, you know, to to also consider. But I I don't think it's I don't think there's any doubt that, that you know with Jimmy on the court, this is one of the best teams in the East. I would say, and without him on the court, statistically, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. So that's a pretty big swing.
0: Yeah, and this is the last episode we're going to record prior to the All-Star break, um, and I think that is, like, if you're trying to sum up what the state of the heat is, it's basically like, if they have Jimmy, this team is probably not the favorite to get to the finals, and and this competition is stiffer in the East, obviously, this year than it was last year, um, at least at the top end. You know, I, I know, like, the Celtics and, and Raptors are not as good as they were last year, it doesn't seem like, but just the Nets and but you know the bucks being basically as good as close to as good as they were last year in the nets like it's just going to make it a lot tougher for the heat to, to get to the finals this year but if jimmy is around like i still kind of have faith that this team could beat anyone in the east uh, come playoff time and um, it was something that you know even those first couple of games on the west coast trip which was uh, i think we recorded like 2 weeks ago after the warriors lost and you know it was looking dire, and but obviously Jimmy was kind of still working his way back, and um, you know everyone kind of it was it almost kind of felt like you know every team goes through their their rough stretches, and and just kind of happened that this rough stretch coincided with like the start of Jimmy getting back. I think the last two weeks, um, even with the loss last night, obviously with Jimmy not out there, uh, kind of confirms that the Heat are um, you know they're they're. I don't know if contender is the right word, um, but they are a they're in the conversation once again um, to get out of the Eastern Conference, even if it's probably even less likely than it was last year when they were for a number five seed. I think people were kind of high on as a number five seed because of the way they matched up with Milwaukee and, and because we saw that the ceilings we have we've not seen those ceilings yet with this Heat team and there there are teams in the East that um, have kind of Really impressed people with with their top end ability.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you know what you what you said um, is is right. Like this team can beat with Jimmy with and healthy, you know yeah. Jimmy and Bam healthy. Um, they can pretty much beat anybody in the league, I think. And I, I mean, you saw that this week with you know, they beat the Lakers. I know they didn't have AD, but they beat the Lakers on the road, and then they beat Utah, a healthy Utah team um, at home. You know, Utah's has the best record in the NBA, and has been playing really, really great basketball, and the Heat found a way to win that game down the stretch. So, um, it's it's you know again healthy. They can beat any team, but um, you know that's that that's the thing about this team. If they're not healthy, like I don't know if even though they have a lot of depth, like they're they need everybody to be at, to be at you know as good as as good as possible and, and reach that ceiling. Um, they can't be missing one guy because then it all kind of not falls apart, but it just doesn't look the same. Um and, and and you know, especially with Jimmy who's, you know, like we said, the best player on the team. So um they they can beat anybody, um, but you know, Jimmy Jimmy really needs to stay healthy and you have to hope this knee injury is not a not an issue that will linger.
0: Yeah. I think depth in the NBA can sometimes be a little bit of fool's gold. Like you even you think about it with the Heat last year where going into the playoffs or coming out of the Buck series, like you thought this that team was eleven, twelve guys deep, right? Like between Derek Jones and yeah and Myers even, and, you know, Kendrick Nunn, just all guys that have been important to this team at various stretches throughout the season. But, like, there's a reason, like, a guy like Derek Jones is, like, an 11th man. It's because, like, sometimes he's just not going to show up. And in the playoffs and in the finals, late in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference finals, uh, probably even this year, you know, when you talk about the Nets and, and there's, like, real elite teams, I think, in the East this year, Um that depth, like, just doesn't, becomes not that important. Like, it, it helps, obviously, to have a guy like, you know, guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, because you need shooters, uh, and even Kendrick Nunn right now, but, like, depth can come, comes and goes quicker than, than people tend to think, I think, in the NBA. Um, and you even see with the like like, remember going into the finals last year, and obviously the injuries affected that, because it bumps everyone up a spot. But the whole story going into the finals was the Lakers had the best top end guys. The Heat had the depth. And then the Lakers won that series, not necessarily because LeBron and AD outplayed Jimmy. They won because, like, Contavious Caldwell-Pope was awesome. And, and Markeith Morris had yeah, a bunch Rage of shots. Yeah, Rondo,
1: yeah.
0: Like, guys that – and the Heat's role players, for the most part, like were not – like, Tyler Hero did not have a good series. You know, guys like Kendrick Nunn and – Derek Jones were basically like irrelevant. like it flips really fast. Um, you know when you're when you're not an all star level guy that that's that's a big reason why you know everyone can hit shots in the NBA like you need to have that those top end guys. and that's why it's just important to have Jimmy playing at such a high level.
1: Not to get uh, off topic here, but something that is popping to my head. When we're talking about depth versus top end guys, and not that Utah doesn't have top end guys. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are really, really good players. Right. But what does Utah have to do for you to really believe that they're a true title contender? Like, what record do they need to finish with for you to really think, okay, they're they're probably the front runners in the West.
0: I don't know if I could ever think they're the front runners in the West, but yeah, I, I think you know. I, I People have compared them to, like, some of those Spurs teams, right? Like, I think you've heard the 2014 Spurs comp a lot for them. And I think maybe even, like, the 20 – what was the the Spurs team um, that lost to the Warriors? I guess that would be 2016 when Kawhi got hurt.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: 16, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, Like, if, if they do something like that in the regular season, where that was the year where they were oh, – yeah, they were overshadowed by the 73-win Warriors, right? And then – um But they were also like kind of putting up this historically great season, like you know they kind of do something like that where there's not a Warriors out there, but there is still LeBron. Um Then I, I think I would buy in. They need they need to do it over like basically a full season. Like we're we're only halfway through. Let's let's pump the brakes. On. Could,
1: could could they also be the Hawks though? The sixty win Hawks in 2014 15. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: could they could be also be that. Like I need them to be better than that Hawks team, which that Spurs team was. I guess is is what I'm getting at. Like the Hawks, I think had the wins, but didn't have like the point differential and all that kind of stuff in the same level that that Spurs right. team. Right. That's fair. And obviously that Spurs team was doing it in the West, so
1: that's fair. No, I just was thinking I was thinking about that last week when he were playing the Jazz. That they're so good, but they don't get <laughs> nobody. But like I feel like nobody believes in them, which is you know I guess you know not. I don't want to say warranted, but you know Utah. Hasn't had a lot of playoff success. And so when you have LeBron in the conference, like, it's hard to, to pick you, the Jazz over LeBron. So, I get it.
0: Yeah. And we, we still, you know, you don't know about Gobert totally come playoff time. Although, I think he can play in the playoffs. Like, I think the league has kind of shifted back where these the big men are important. Again, even if they're not as important as they were in 1997 or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that.
0: All right. uh, I think that's enough Jimmy talk at the top. Obviously, he will weave through everything we talk about here. Um, Like I said, we're kind of doing state of the team here at the midway point. They will still play the uh, Pelicans on Thursday. Um, Do you expect Jimmy to play? I'm, like, not based on any reporting or anything. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, like, what's the point, right? Like, pushing him back for one game when you can get him a full week and a half, basically, of rest.
1: Yeah, I could, you know, I we'll probably, you know, we'll probably know once this podcast is released whether there's a good chance he's gonna play or not because yeah. I think, it would, you know, based on if he travels or not,
0: right? Um, well, yeah.
1: On on Wednesday to New Orleans, I think that'll tell us um, if he's gonna play or not. But um, I, I don't know. I could see it going either way just because, like you said, the break um, with the week long break right after it's kind of tempting just to keep him out and to give him basically two weeks or so off. Um, yeah. You know that's that's a nice break for him, and you know long term it's probably the smart move. But I could also see the Heat being the Heat and saying we don't we want to go into the break with a 500 record, like we don't yeah. want to go especially in with
0: the kind of bunch. Like one win could make a big difference. Yeah,
1: and you have a week off right after, so let's just Jimmy, come, you know, go out there and play. Um, and and from what I have heard, um, you know, I don't think any, I don't think it's considered to be a a serious injury. Like it's a, it's a pretty minor thing, so. Um, we'll see. I think there's a chance he plays, but I would not be surprised if the he just say, "Let's just sit out this one more game and we'll give you two weeks straight off." Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I want to talk about uh, the role guys that we kind of hinted at. We'll, we'll finish up with them. Um, we got to talk about you know Kendrick Nunn continuing to be good, and uh, basically all those guys that, that I said a couple of minutes ago are, are ultimately not that important, but but are important still. Um, but let's start with Bam here as we kind of run through what we have learned from the first half of the season. Weird season for Bam, I think, is probably the best way to describe it. You know, his, his stats are as good, if not better, than ever. And yet, I think he has been, um, he's had to carry more of a load than ever because of the time that Jimmy has missed. And um the Heat's record has not been good, as we've mentioned a lot of times already in this episode, when he has been the only guy out there. Um, I don't want to like grade Bam's season, but let's say, like based on the expectations we had going into this year, well, how, how has he kind of fared compared to what you expected coming into the season? It's,
1: it's like you said, it's been a weird season, I feel like, for Bam, because there are Points in the first, you know, few months of the year where I was like, "Wow, Bam has Bam has, uh, has elevated himself into a top ten player." Like those two yeah, Nets and you still games think and Brooklyn games,
0: games, right? Like anytime you're like, "What's wrong with Bam?" And I almost feel like those games have, in a weird way, like worked against him this year, where it's like anytime he has a game like last night, where he, like you said, he only takes eight shots, and you're like, "Bam, what are you doing?" Like. It's not like we haven't seen him have a game where he takes 25 shots and, like, is the whole offense and, like, attacks from the perimeter. Like, it would be one thing if we were like, oh, he's still trying to develop that part of his game. Like, you know, he's a center. Teams know how to, you know, can scheme centers out of the game. But, like, we've seen that he can work around all that, and then sometimes he just doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's – I think that's what frustrates fans. You know, you you look at Twitter, like, during last night's game against the Hawks, and everyone's like, what is – Bam, doing like how come he's just handing the ball off to guys and not being aggressive and looking at the basket? And I get that, but it's hard, you know. Like it's you know to kind of to play devil's advocate. Like he's in this role when Jimmy's out there, yeah. As this you know operating at the elbow or at the high post, um, you know basically the offense going through him and he's you know with handoffs and and you know different cut off ball cuts. Like he's he's making the offense go. And when Jimmy's not out there. It, Kind of has to be him being more mm-hmm. aggressive and looking at the basket, and not playing that role. So I think that's that that kind of flipping that switch. You know, he's still he's still kind of getting uh, learning how to do that. Um, but we've seen he can do it. And I don't know. You know, he he never makes excuses about about, about injuries. But he's been on the injury report. Um, yeah. He was on the injury report last game. But for the past you know the, the the last few games before that, he was on the injury report with a knee issue. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how much that's bothering him. He, I think he had, he's had like one dunk in the past three games. So, um, uh, you know, that's not a great sign, but I think I'm going to guess that he could probably use this week off. Um, just because I, you know, I, I would assume just based on his play last night and even the past few games, why he's been effective, he hasn't been maybe as, um, as, as aggressive as usual. Um, uh, that the knee issue has something to do with that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned flipping the switch, and you know that is when you think of, when you talk about who the most important guy is on this team and who the best guy on this team. That's what Jimmy does so well, right? Is he loves to be the facilitator. He loves to do that for three quarters every night, basically. But he knows, uh, I mean, you saw it in the finals again. Like when the facilitating stops working, you got to be the guy who takes it to the rack and gets to the free throw line and. Um, you know, in 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 so many ways, Jimmy and Bam are, are so so similar as players, non you know mostly non shooters, pretty good mid range, um, get to the free throw line a lot. Very good passers for their position, um, but Jimmy just still has that extra scoring knack that Bam is uh, still developing. And even you know when they score, you know they score in relatively similar ways considering Bam is a center and Jimmy is like a small forward. Um, but that is the knack that, that Bam has to get, that that now, that yeah it's feel, I guess, is what you would say. You know, Jimmy knows basically when to stop passing, and Bam will just – he'll keep throwing – you know, he'll keep running dribble handoffs to Duncan Robinson all night long, even if it's not working, because it's like the right play to do. But sometimes, you know, the right play is – not the right play in, in that specific moment, and that is the biggest differentiator, and um, it's the, you know, the, the thing with this Heat team is we I, it's something I feel like we keep talking about, is they don't have a lot of shooters. I know, like, the, the Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero dribble handoff with Bam is a huge part of, so they don't have a lot, their stars aren't shooters, I guess I should say. is a huge part of them getting those threes, but still, like, the best offense in most situations for this Heat team is going to be Jimmy or Bam uh, getting to the rim and getting fouled. And um, for Bam, for this team to to compete with the Nets, like they need, they don't need Bam to obviously look like he did against the Nets when Jimmy wasn't out there and he scored, you know, 40 plus. But like, they need him to be playing like that uh, style, I think. Because again, like, role players come and go, and and that's basically, in a lot of ways, been the story of the first half of the season. The story has been that when Jimmy's in there, they're really good, and when he's not, they're been inconsistent, because role players are inconsistent, and this team is a team that has a lot of good role players, but they're role players nonetheless. And I'm not saying Bam is a role player, because we've seen him be much more than a role player. Obviously, he was an all-star last year, a deserving all-star, probably, possibly should have been an all-star again this year. But he needs to play like that on, uh, you know, when there's, he's a great, he's proven to be a great secondary player, a great secondary option. Um, but, you know, as we said, like, when he's been the one guy out there, um, and obviously, you know, when you're missing Jimmy, you're missing a lot. Like, there's money eating up, right? Like, you're missing, that would, let's say Jimmy wasn't out there, that money would be going to other good role players. Like, he's, he's not in a good spot when he's out there by himself. Um, kills his plus-minus and all that on off stuff. But um, the he needs to be a true, like, number two, like, I can get a bucket sometimes also. And he does it sometimes, but, but if this team is going to be in that upper echelon, you don't, we you know, we saw what happens when you have to rely on role players in the postseason last year. You need Bam to be more than that. You need him to be a true all-star rather than, like, a great secondary guy.
1: Yeah, and... and- you go through Bam's stat line, and you know the numbers are pretty similar to last year, except the fact that he's averaging 19 points a game. He averaged 16 last year, and I think the biggest improvement he's made, um, you know, on a positive note, is you know, along with the mid-range shooting. The mid-range shooting has been, as we've chronicled over the past few months, a lot better, and that's important yeah. for him. But also the free throw percentage. I mean, he's shooting 85% from the line. Compared to 69% last year, like that 16 point jump is, is huge for him. Like, especially a guy who gets to the line, you know, six times a game, like that's basically where his extra points are coming from, mm-hmm. um, at the free throw line. So that's encouraging for him that, you know, I think we we both probably felt like he would improve as a free throw shooter because he has a good shot and good mechanics. Um, but to be at 85% after shooting 69% yes. last year, I don't think any of us expected that. And that is encouraging, I think, moving forward just because um, that's that's really efficient for a big man and for a guy who's going to shoot a lot of free throws. So the fact that him and Jimmy draw so many free throws and they make a lot of them, um, like you said, that's a that's one of the best parts of the Heat's offense.
0: Yeah, it's what helps them when you talk about the fact they're non-shooters, really, non-three-point shooters and and there's not a lot of teams that lean on stars that are non-three-point shooters it's kind of what differentiates themselves. They're maybe like the best duo of, you know, I mean, I guess probably not the best, you know, the, the Nets now, especially with Harden, but like that, that that's that upset efficiency when these two guys probably lean too much on their long twos and stuff like that, Jimmy and Bam, but it makes up for it when you get to the free throw line, like you become an efficient scorer that way. And that's certainly like what this team, you know, the, it's, when I, when I I feel like I just ranted maybe a little too hard against Bam, but it's basically like we've seen what the the ceiling is, and the ceiling this year is is certainly better than the ceiling was last year. But um, the consistency level, I, I don't say it it's worse than it was last year, but it just hasn't elevated the same way that the ceiling has, and that is um that needs to come up. You know, you, if you go into a playoff series against the Nets or the Bucks, um. And let's say that you're getting, like, the current iteration of Hero, Duncan, and None, which is, like, good, not great, basically, right? Like, um, then you need Bam to be, you know, if Bam has an off night, then you're probably not going to win. And there have been some nights, you know, there have been... He hasn't necessarily cut down on those bad nights, and even his bad nights aren't always bad because he's such a good defender and all that. But you know, he's he has nights where he doesn't look like an all star, and he's got to look like an all star every night come playoff time for this team to to get back to the finals.
1: Yeah, there have been a few nights this year where he's just like, I got to be more aggressive, and yeah, those are the nights you want to avoid as much as possible, obviously. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's been probably the biggest. I guess that's what you would point to as like the criticism of Bam over right. the first half. Like there's been a few games where he just hasn't been aggressive and you're like, Bam, you, you know, you're so good. Why don't you look at the basket more? And he's, and he knows it like, again, to his credit, he, after, after last night's loss to the Hawks, he says, I got to do more. Like, I, I got to be more aggressive. I, I think he knows that. And it's, it's hard not to know when you look at the box when you have eight shots and you know, you're the, you know, you're the best player available on the team. Um, so I, you know, I, I think we'll get better at it. Um, you know, there, there are like we've talked about. There have been encouraging signs with him as far as the mid range and the free throw, you know, free throw percentage. Yeah, of, like his have improved, yeah. Right? yeah, like, yeah, like is the
0: ceiling is improved, right? Yeah, ceiling across the board. His skills have improved. Yeah,
1: and defensively, he's still as good as ever. Um, but just the consistency, I think that's that's the one thing he's working through right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, let's wrap up by talking about some of those role guys. Um, because like I said, the season has been defined. Primarily by whether Jimmy has been in/out of the lineup, been in an in or out of the lineup. Um, but working hand in hand with that is the play of the role players, who have, I don't know, maybe like exposed. Like I don't, I don't want to say exposed necessarily because, like, what do you expect Duncan Robinson to be when he's like has to be the second best guy on the floor? But like, they've been exposed to a degree. Like the fact, just the fact that they're role players, they're normal NBA. Role players, you know, better than average for the most part, I would say. Like, you know, obviously Duncan is still one of the three or four best shooters in the world. Like, obviously Tyler Hero can still go off. Although he hasn't really had, like, I would say, like, his hot streak. Like, I think we're going to get a Tyler Hero hot streak at some point. Um, But ultimately, these guys are role players, and that has been just kind of a reminder in the first half of the year, I would say, is that these guys are... uh yeah, you know, they're they're really good when Jimmy's out there, and you know when when they have to carry the offense. Like, I I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what people expected. Like when when Jimmy was out, I don't, I don't know what you expected, unless you expected Tyler Hero to take like the leap to All Star, which I think is probably the one thing maybe people did expect.
1: Yeah, I, I you know uh, as far as Duncan, it's really hard <laughs> to to satisfy anybody after. You know, right, an all-time shooting season, like one of the best shoot, three-point shooting yeah, mean, I in he's, NBA he's, history. It his
0: has been worse, but he's still—I don't know what his percentage is right he's, now. Is he's shooting
1: times. 39% on 8.5 attempts, which is
0: that's pretty good. Like, it's not yeah. obviously all-world like it was last year, but like that's, that's pretty definitely,
1: <laughs> That's definitely above average. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's good. I mean, yeah, five five points off of last year's percentages. You know, that's a pretty big drop-off, but. You know, based on a normal NBA player standards, like 39% on eight attempts, that is very good. Um, yeah. but but you know, I, you know, I, I think there is room for him to be you know, to be better. You know, yeah, and, I and would say be better that.
0: in the second half,
1: right, right, and, and and he's shown signs. Like you know, defenses are really taking away, trying to take away that handoff and a lot of it, the actions that worked last year. And over the past week or two, he's really you know he's countered that with some more cuts to the basket. Um, I think he had, like, two cuts to the basket, like, in the first 20-something games, and he has, like, up until last night, like, seven or eight in, like, the past week or two. Um, So, like, he's really trying to counter that with catching defenses off guard, and the Heat are are, are getting some sets off. You know, they're creating some sets for him to do that where they empty the paint, and he he takes advantage. He just darts to the basket because the other guy's trying to... The guy's trying to take away the three-point line and isn't paying attention to the paint. So... He he you know, he's he's found some type of answer to what defenses are doing, but at the same time he wanted to keep shooting threes. They don't want cuts to the basket from Duncan Robinson. So um, you know, it's it's a it's a process. Like he's he's adjusting to the adjustment teams have made um this year, and I think we've kind of seen that in real time where there are some games he just can't even get clean looks off. Yeah. And but lately, again, like I think he's been playing better. Um, And there's no doubt that whether the threes are going in or out, you know, in or not, um, the Heat's offense needs Duncan. Like, I I almost feel like he's – right after Bam and Jimmy, he's probably the most important offensive player to the team. Yeah, I agree with that. Just because because of the – I would say
0: because Tyler Hero, you know, I think coming into the year – we haven't even talked about Goran Dragic once in this episode, which, like, remains kind of crazy. Like, the fact that he's just – he's missed so much time, and I feel like it hasn't, like – I don't know, he's not an all-star, so it doesn't get talked about in the same way. But um, I think coming into the year, we thought, like, Tyler Hero was going to be this team's uh, third leading scorer, and he probably is right now, right, 16.4 points per game. But, like, he hasn't taken that leap to being, like, the true blue number three option. So I I agree with you that Duncan is uh, probably the third most important guy to the offense because Tyler Hero is a guy who's going to, like, just kind of get his points for, I know that sounds bad, but like, you know, it, teams aren't changing their defense because of him necessarily, unless he has a game where he goes off for thirty plus. Right, and Whereas Duncan forces teams to change in every game.
1: Right, and um, just the just the way he can play off of Jimmy and Bam too, like yeah. they help each other um, so much just because of you know their games complement each other um, with his two point shooting and their ability to get into the paint, and you know, you look at Duncan's numbers. Like when when Jimmy's not playing, again, this is the Jim, no Jimmy, yes Jimmy theme that we've mm-hmm. had on this podcast. Um, Duncan's numbers when Jimmy's not playing, like they're they're not great. But when he is playing, when Jimmy is playing, like Duncan is a lot better um, statistically. So I, I, you know, you kind of, you know, you you don't want to blame it all on Jimmy not being on the court, but Duncan gets a lot better looks and a lot more opportunities when Jimmy's playing. So I think that's part of why maybe his numbers are a little bit down while still mm-hmm. good. Um, they're a little bit down just because Jimmy's been out, you know, so much.
0: Yeah. When, when Jimmy and Bam are out there, you have to pack the paint basically. Like you got to you're, you're throwing a lot of bodies down there and it, you've either got to pick are you going to have three guys guard the perimeter and take away Duncan or you're going to have three guys guard the paint and try to take away those two, two big guys. Um, and yeah, he's usually he's like the perfect compliment, um, for Tyler hero and, and Kendrick Nunn, who I would say kind of like work in tandem this year when you, when you kind of talk about what's, what's up with the heat. Um, because you know, Tyler came into the year. We obviously had the Tyler at point guard experiment for the first couple weeks that, uh, We quickly aborted down here in Miami. And then, um, you know, Kendrick, I I think, has stepped up and been. I don't want to say he's been what we expected Tyler to be because, again, like I think there were people that, and I think us included, who thought Tyler was going to be a guy who was, like, going to potentially push, like, 18-plus points a game this year. Um, And I think, to me, that's the – if this team was going to be in that clear, like, I think there's a clear top two in the East right now, right? The Bucks or top three, sorry, I, about the, I keep forgetting about the Sixers when we talk about this conversation. But if like Tyler was that 18 point a game scorer, like kind of what we expect him to be coming into the year, um, then I would feel much better about the Heat in that uh, like top three, top four, that that top tier conversation. Whereas just the fact that he's also been a, a guy who's been a little, you know, he's still been he's still a role player. He's a guy who. Some nights is invisible. Some nights will score 20-plus for you. I think the three-point shooting has been, it's kind of a, like weirdly a theme, just like these guys who shot really well from three last year have not shot as well this year. Tyler's at like 35% this year after he shot 38. And that's a big difference um, in the same way that, you know, the 4% drop for Duncan is a big difference. Yeah,
1: and, and I was going to point that out. Like when I look at Tyler's game, not only the fact that it's kind of been an in and out year for him. Like he's changed yeah. roles from starter to bench. He yep. he had the neck and you know the neck injury caused him to miss seven games. Then he had the hip injury. I think he's missed um eleven games this season. Um, you know it's been it's been I don't want to say a turbulent year, but it's just been kind of hard to find a groove for him. I think just because he's been kind of in and out. Um, but the one thing I will point to with him is that I think is interesting is like you said, the three point percentage is down. Yeah, it's probably lower than you than most people thought, thirty five percent. Um, but his mid, like he's such a good mid range player. He's,
0: two, he's shooting over fifty percent from two points, which he's is like shooting pretty yeah, crazy shoot, for a guard who's like not a star.
1: He shoot, now. A lot of that's because he's shooting forty nine percent in the mid range, which is, yeah. I mean, that's like that's really good for mid range for yeah. mid range looks. So. It's interesting, like I, I I remember this was a storyline at some point last year too where like he came into the league like taking a lot of mid range shots and he's like that's just that's what I've always taken, like that's what I'm yeah. comfortable in and the heat have, you know, trying to get him to take a few steps back to take the three. Um and and we still haven't seen that as much. He's still he's taking you know, five threes a game, um or so. So he's still taking a lot of threes, but But he's so much better in the mid range, and so much more efficient. So I thought I think that's been interesting. You know, I'm guessing at some point that he will eventually get him to move most of those shots back to the three point line, and he'll become a you know more efficient three point shooter. But as of right now, he's so much better in the mid range than than as a three point shooter. I don't know if any of us really expected that uh, last year.
0: Yeah, I think you. Talking about Tyler as the point guard at the start of the year, it's just a reminder that this team, like, you know, they're one game under 500. They might be 500 by the All Star break. There's, so much has gone wrong with Jimmy and so many guys in COVID protocols, you know, Goran being hurt. Um, it's just a, like this team is not at all, this clearly has not at all been what. Eric Spolster and Pat Riley, and, and everyone hoped at the start of the year, right? Like, they start the year with ty- – clearly their their ideal vision at the start of the year was to have Tyler be the point guard. Like, they wanted that to happen. Then, you, you know, you got Duncan, Jimmy, Bam, and who was the starting power forward at the start of the year? Was it – was Harkless the starter? Mo, Mo
1: Harkless, you know, did yeah.
0: He start opening – like,
1: yeah.
0: and you think about it, the Tyler at point guard experiment, that just, like, doesn't happen anymore, like, ever. The – um, Mel Harkless is, like, a non-factor, ultimately. Like, he's played a little bit. He's had some bright spots here. I, I still think we'll hear from him by the end of the year. But, like, he has clearly massively uh, come in under expectations. Um, And then, obviously, like, Goron missing so much time. I, I think I'm sure they expected that he was going to miss time. Just, you know, he's a guy who tends to be injured uh, quite a bit. He's older, like, coming off an injury. They want to just make sure it's ready for playoff time, but like two of the Heat's five start the five guys they expect to be starters have just not been, and that's a big deal. And and the fact that like with, in Harkless's case, it's, he's gone from being a, a starter to being like a non-factor. And in Tyler Hero, it's not just that he's not the starting point guard; like he's just not playing that point guard role really at all. Like this this team when they were envisioning themselves getting to the finals again. They had this, and, you know, teams always change, obviously, throughout the season. But, like, obviously, whatever you roll out on opening night is, like, in an ideal world, you, you're able to stick with that the whole year. And they've just had to change uh, the structure of this team so much that, like, you know, they, they've clearly, on the fringes, not lived up to expectations. Um, and they've made it work. And, again, like, we're only halfway through the season, less than halfway through the season, in this weird season, like... Guys are going to, you know, the, the shooting percentages for guys that have struggled will probably tick back up. And, and Bam will just, you know, it's, he was an all-star for the first time last year. Like he's still learning. Like he's going to probably get better as the year goes on. And, and those role guys who came in and had basically no off season, like Mo Harkless uh, and Avery Bradley and who have missed a lot of time are, are going to probably be bigger factors with this team by the end of the year. And a trade will probably happen. But, like, it's, you know, it's not overreacting to anything to say, like, this. these guys that the Heat thought, I think, were going to be, uh, take real steps forward this year, just have in small ways. But, you know, I'd say statistically, Duncan and Tyler, like, if you look at the advanced metrics, I would think both guys are probably worse than they were last year.
1: Yeah, and I, I you know, the Heat has had to navigate a lot. I mean, a, yeah. a lot of teams have, but, um, you know, Jimmy, like we said, they missed 14 games, and then you know with the impact that's had on other guys in the roster and and rotation roles changing and Avery Bradley's hardly been available. Like yeah. you would think Avery Bradley would be in the rotation at some point. Um, you know if he, I mean if he was healthy he would be in the rotation most games. Um, Goron missing a lot of time. Like it's been, I could say this with confidence, like confidence. Like I said it with Tyler that it probably hasn't been turbulent. It probably wasn't the right word, but with the Heat I think it has been a turbulent
0: yeah, season. Certainly.
1: And you know. I, you know, obviously going to the break if you, if they win on Thursday at 500, that's not really meeting expectations for a team that made no. the finals last season. But I think you take into account where they were four weeks ago at seven and fourteen, and you know the absences this team's had to deal with, and the fact that they have really haven't gotten anything from their free agent, you know, free agent additions this year just because of injuries and different reasons. Um, you go into the break 18 and 18. And I think they're like right now one game out of the four spot in the yeah. East. Like, I think you take that, you know, and, and and you take that week off and you come back and hope that guys can stay healthy and, you know, you can play to the level that this team should be playing at. So, uh, uh, yes, it hasn't, they haven't met expectations. But if they go into the break 18, 18, even 17, 19 minutes, one loss, with everything they've been through, I think you take that and you're not happy, but you're, you're like, okay, we're still in this and you know, we're, you know, we've proven that we went healthy, we're, we're one of the better teams in the East, um, and I think at that point, you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta pray to stay healthy, and avoid the injuries you dealt with, you know, over the first half.
0: Yeah, a second half fight for the four seed is, um, you know, it's not, again, 500 is not what you expected going into the season, but if you told me the Heat were going to be the number four seed in the East, like, and again, like you said, they're a game out, and That'll be the goal for the second half of the year. It'll be to fight for that four seed, I would think, right? Like, they're probably not going to catch the top three teams at this point. Uh, Four back of the third-place Bucks, and, like, those three teams are all really good. Like, it doesn't seem like they're cooling off necessarily. Um, But, like, if you told me that he were going to finish as the four seed, like, that would be basically what I expected, right, coming into the year. Like, the East was kind of looked so even at the top uh, before the Harden trade that – you know, they've, they've still got a chance to ultimately, obviously, uh, meet bigger bigger expectations. The regular season was about getting it figured out for the postseason, and um, I think they've got answers, right? A couple of weeks ago, it was all question marks. Now they've got answers, and I, I think some of those role guys that I've been hard on here, like Hero and and Duncan, like, I just think they're going to be better in the second half. Like, they're good shooters. That The shooting percentages are going to come up, and... You know, there's there's been positive signs. I think with with pretty much everyone, um, basketball can just be. It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss league, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, and if
1: Jimmy's available more, they should be better just because of yeah, that, exactly. Too. That's you a know, good like... point.
0: With the you know, they they complement each other so well. They need those shooters. Uh, they they coexist. They're like uh, like those fish that ride on whales.
1: Yeah, they they, they need each other. Um. Yeah or at least they need him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do really he need him. He needs a shooter, yeah, right? Exactly. He's
0: not point shooter.
1: Exactly, right. So, uh, and I think real quick before we end this episode, I think we have to we we, we touched on it briefly, but Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. To me, he's been probably the most su- pleasant surprise for the Heat this year just because yeah, he was really good last season, but after the way last season ended and the way this year started where he's pretty much out of the rotation, for him to become a full-time starter again, yeah, because of injury, but I don't know if you can take him out of the starting lineup at this no. point with the way he's playing. He's been really, really good. He's even better than he was last year as a playmaker, yeah. as a defender, um, as a shooter even. Like, his three-point shot has even gotten better. So that's been a pleasant surprise for the year. And someone they need, honestly. They, they need him. They needed a guy that to stabilize yeah, well, he's helped make guard up for spot. some
0: of those down, yeah. yeah, for some of those down years for for Hero and Duncan and and obviously Goron missing a lot of time. Like he's made up for a lot. And Brett Brad, Avery Bradley, like Kendrick Nunn, was not another guy who's not like his role has changed so much since day one. He like barely, I don't even remember if he played on opening night, but he was like not thought to be uh, like a no brainer to be in this rotation.
1: And I think yeah, yeah, I, I think both of us have learned that with covering the Heat, like you and I the roles are going to change so much with an Eric Spolcher yeah. team. Like yeah. even last year in the bubble, like Myers Leonard and Kendrick Nunn, you know, they go from starter full-time starters to not in the rotations in the playoffs. Like yeah. Eric Spolcher has no problem adjusting on the yep. fly and that's going to continue yeah. to that's change. That's been really
0: important this year. Like, I, I think that's like, I, you know, you look at the record that the heat are 17 and 18, like suppose, you know, naturally like not going to get some black, right? Just, because, like, this team went to the finals last year, and they've been kind of disappointing. But, like, they've had to manage through so much. And the fact that, like, it's not for lack of trying on Spoh's part, I would say. He's, he's tinkered. He's
1: tinkered quite a bit, I think. Like, 18 yeah. or 19 different start lines yeah, or something exactly. like that. Like, he's, he's trying his best. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, just been, it's been an eventful first half of the season. I'm guessing those guys will welcome, you know, a week off um, for the yeah. during the break and – you know, again, it's not where they want it to be, you know, close, around hovering around 500, but they're in a spot where they can still get what they want, I feel like. Yes, um, and that's, that's the bigger perfect picture.
0: perfect way to sum it up. I yeah. think we can wrap things up there. Um, Anthony, uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, no, no All-Star break coverage from you this year. Are you looking for the weekend off? Um, you know, I yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. do we know if Bam's, honest- like, Bam's going to do the skills competition? Do they put out that full list?
1: They put out the full list on Tuesday night, um, oh, okay. yes, no man. no Heat participants. Bam right. was so invited the whole, weekend off. the whole weekend off. Bam was invited. He said he turned it down. Obviously, I, and that's not a surprise. He was going to be invited as a defending champion of that event, but he did not want to go, I'm guessing, after not making the All-Star team just to go for a 15-minute event. He didn't appeal to him. Nope. Um, and then Duncan was not invited um, to the three-point contest. So mm-hmm. no Heat participants in any All Star event, only the second time that's happened since two thousand. So ah, very crazy. rare. Yeah, very yeah. rare.
0: Do you got any exciting plans for your weekend off?
1: Um no, just, you know, like most of us these days, staying home, enjoying the time off. Doing yeah. stuff around the house. You know, boring things like that. But it'll be nice to you know, to get, a, to get a few days off in the middle of this crazy season where it feels like there's a game every single day.
0: <laughs> and there's, there's a lot. lot more in the second half too, right? Like a lot more back-to-backs and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think
1: nine back-to-backs and yeah. Yeah, same amount of games in fewer days. So it's going to yeah. be a busy second half.
0: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I'm still up in Lakeland this week for uh, high school basketball. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh, check me out on Twitter and check out the Miami Herald. Um, obviously, baseball season in full swing as well. And the Panthers continuing to play pretty well. They've lost a couple in a row. So uh, busy sports time, even as the Heat head into a weekend off. Uh, just go to MiamiHerald.com slash sports uh, for all that coverage. Um, and until next week, uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, later.